And good morning. We are going to be, uh, we're going to be in Romans today. We're going to be in Romans 7, verses 18 through uh, Romans 8, verse 6. So if you guys want to uh, turn there, I didn't, I didn't get around to uh, making any slides, so it's not going to be up there on the screen. But uh, if you guys would stand for the reading of, of God's Word. Uh, Romans 7, 18 um, through chapter 8, verse 6. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of the Lord in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord, or thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of the God of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by flesh, could not do, by sending his own Son to the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemns sin to the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Let's pray. Dear Father, we just, we just thank you for your word. We just thank you for um, sending your Son to take, to take the, uh, the burden that we, um, the burden of sin that we couldn't deal with on our own, that we could not ever live up, up to the, the law. Um, just thank you for that. We just uh, pray for all those that... Uh, aren't here today that are sick or are dealing with things in their lives. So we just pray for our, for our country and the world. We just see all of the, uh, all of the, the things that are going on between the uh, illnesses and the tornadoes and uh, destruction, just the results of sin. We just, uh, we just pray for uh, you to, uh, to reach them and to, uh, to help us uh, reach our community and, and those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. So go ahead and have a seat. Um, so sin, sin is, uh, sin can control us. Sin can, can lead our life down a path that we, we don't want to go. Um, you know, when, uh, when you think about where does, where does sin come from, and, and I've got this, uh, this little story. If you think about an apple, and you find a, an apple that has a wormhole in it, you, you, perhaps you think that worm burrowed its way into the apple. 
from the outside, but scientists have actually discovered that the worm comes from the inside out. The worm, how did it get there? How did the worm get at the center of the apple? It's, it's very simple. The, when the apple blossom is there, an insect lands on it, lays, lays an egg, and as the apple grows, it grows around that, that larva in there, which turns into a worm that later hatches and, and eats its way out of the apple. Sin, like a worm, begins in our heart. And it works its way out through our actions, through the ways we talk, the way we, we respond to things, and everything like that. We can see here in Paul, in, in Romans 7, he points out that nothing good lives in our flesh. It's our human condition. And I've got, I've got a song here that I'm going to have Dave play. Um, it's interesting when Scott asked me to preach, the, it seemed like the next day um, I get, hop into my truck and my phone automatically syncs up to the radio and starts playing songs that I've downloaded onto my phone. And it seemed like that day every, every song was from Unspoken and it just like, um, we'll, we'll listen to this one. It's called Human Condition. So, so the, you know, the song there talks about every day I struggle with the promise that, that you want me. And I think that's, that's true. You know, we, we get to the point that we think that you know, we, we're, we're going down a path and it's like, man, I just can't, I can't do this. I have to pretend. I have to put on a face to make people think I'm doing okay because I don't want them to think that, that I'm struggling because everybody else seems to be doing okay. Um, you know, and, and what Paul, I think it ties in real good with what Paul is talking about here is that, uh, um, you know, in verse 18, he says, nothing good, says, nothing good dwells in me that is his flesh. And this just isn't a, an issue that Paul is, is dealing with himself. I mean, it's something that each and every Christian, we, we deal with on a regular basis. We have our ongoing struggles um, that we, we are fighting with through, throughout our day, with that, throughout our week. And, uh, you know, it's, if we try to deal with that on our own, it is a true struggle. struggle. Um, but, you know, I guess the point I'm trying to make here is that this isn't just something that you personally are dealing with. You don't need to hide it away and, and feel like that, you know, I have to fight this on my own. Every, every single one of us are dealing with our daily struggles. It, we may not be all dealing with the same individual temptations, but we all have that sin that pops up and can bring us down. Even though as, as Christians we have the Holy Spirit to help us, uh, we are still going to have to deal with the weakness of our flesh. Um, the draw to our demons, the thing, the thing that is known as our human condition that makes it difficult um, as we go through it. Uh, you know, we, we want to think that we can handle it on our own. We can deal with that problem. Um, we'll just hide it and, and pretend like everything's okay. We'll put that good face on. Um, the problem is that we are not, uh, we cannot do it on our own. We have a choice. We can either let that worm or that sin control us and shape us, or we can allow the Holy Spirit to shape us. We may say, you know what, I'm just going to do it one more time. I'm just going to do it this time. It, it feels so good in, the, in that moment. No one's watching. Uh, it's not hurting anybody. I can hide it. I deserve it. These are all the excuses that we, we can make up in our, in our own mind. The problem is, the longer we let that control us, the more we become like, like the, that 
thing. It changes us, and we may not even realize it. We think we're, we're doing a good job of hiding it, but just like that amp, apple, you see the, the deformation of the apple on the outside from, that, from the worm that's eating it. And then you get to the point that you think, I'm not worthy. I, I can't get out of this on my own. I'm a failure. I don't deserve the Lord's help. Long-term, long this temporary enjoyment becomes, becomes long-term misery. If we look back at Romans, in Romans 7, verses 21 through 23, it says, So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand, for I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in me. Paul's talking about the evil that lies close at, at hand, that, you know, he wants to do good, but at the same time, he's got this, this flesh wanting, pulling him in a different direction. Um, and so it's, it wages a constant war in us. Um, so you, you say, <laughs> uh, he, he even says here, I, I am nothing but a wretched man because we feel like we're drawn to that so much. Even though we, we want to do what's right, we want to do what the Lord is calling us to do, it's so easy to slip and, and fall into it. You know, we, we are at a point, we may be at a point that everything's going good, you know, you think, man, I, I'm, I'm living my life for the Lord, I'm, I'm in the Bible every day, but then life happens. And you know what? I skipped reading my Bible today. I didn't get in prayer like I usually do because I have to deal with this. Everything's still going good, and one day turns into two days or a week, and then all of a sudden, before you realize it, your life is going in a completely different path than what you want. And why does, you know, you think about that, why does Satan delight so in our falling to the temptations of our flesh? Because he's waging that war. He's trying to pull us away from good. He's trying to pull us away from God any way he can to lead us down a path that won't allow us to affect somebody else's life, to, to bring them to, towards God. Um, he wants us to be miserable. He wants us to to um, not feel that true, that true joy that we get from living a life that God has for us. If we are living a life of sin, we will never be satisfied. We'll constantly be looking for the next thing that will make us feel good in that moment. And then we'll be miserable again. It's just a constant, okay, here's the next thing, here's the next thing. But if we're living a life for God, he's going to be shaping us to be more like him, and we will find that true, that true joy. Um, when I was looking, looking, uh, reading through scripture and, and different commentaries on this, I, I found a story about, uh, this other pastor, he was staying at, with some friends and they had, the room he was staying in, they had kept, they had a hamster and they, so he was watching this hamster and he had the, the spinning wheel and everything. Instead of, you know, using the, the, the wheel like he's supposed to going in and, and running and running he would climb up to the top and then he'd roll over in his back and he'd stretch out and he'd get all comfortable and then all of a sudden the wheel would spin on him and he'd fall and hit his head. Pretty soon he'd shake it off and he'd look at it and he'd, he'd climb up there again and get all relaxed and boom, hit his head. The hamster refused to, to run inside the wheel like he was supposed to, but he, he thought he found a better way of using it. And, uh, you know, you, you may ask, why would a, a hamster disregard or continue to climb up there and, and fall and hit his head. Um, 
The bigger question is, why do, why do we humans do things like that? It may seem strange that, to think that the hamster was comfortable on top of the wheel, found some sense of pride in climbing up on top of it like that until he fell, but then he forgets about the fall and just remembers the good part when he was up on top of the wheel. And he knows the next time he'll stay up there a little longer and it will be even better than the, the time before. Our sin is like that. The, the next time will be better. I, I won't fall quite the same. It felt so good when I did whatever it was, whatever, X. Um, I can do it again and it won't be a problem. I deserve it. I'm not hurting anyone. You know, how, much, how, how familiar does that sound? And we do it again and again, and before we know it, we can't get ourselves out of that situation anymore. You feel as though you're a failure and not worthy, and Satan has you right where he wants you. We can't hold it all together on our own. Um, we're not worthy, but it is because of God's mercy that we are worthy. Um, God, you know, when we read into chapter 8, Paul talks about that, that Jesus paid the price. We can't conquer sin on our own. It's, we, we're not called to do it on our own. We, we are called to rely on, on God and the Holy Spirit and, and those around us to, to help us when we are struggling. When we are tempted, we are to call out to him. We spend time in prayer and focus on him and not the good temporary feeling that the sin may bring. Um, if we turn over to Ephesians 6, Ephesians 6, uh, chapter, or verse 10 through 13. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil on heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil days and having done, done all to stand firm. You know, we're, we're called to, you know, we're not, we're not supposed to be doing it on our own. We're supposed to put on the armor of God, be in, be in prayer, be in, <clears throat> spend time in the Bible. We do not have to fight this battle on our own. Um, <clears throat> if we look at uh, chapter 8, um, verse 1, it says, therefore, There is therefore no, now no condemnation, condemnation for those who are in Christ. Um, he starts to talk about we are set free in Christ Jesus. God has dealt with the law that, has weakened, that was weakened by flesh that we could not do on our own. On our own, we cannot live up to the law. It is impossible for us to live up to the law. But God sent his son for our sins, so the requirement of the law can be fulfilled. Paul is pointing out that we are no longer under the law. Jesus has taken our place, and we have the, the Holy Spirit to bring us power. We don't have to live under the control of sin anymore. We, are, we have received the Spirit, and we can call out to Abba Father instead, and, uh, instead of succumbing um, to the sin of the flesh. Uh, you may ask, well, what's the problem if I sin? I can always pray and ask for forgiveness. Because God does forgive our sins, and it is as far as the east is from the west, which is true. However, we will never find our true joy in doing that. Our life will revolve around what we make important. Our life is going to revolve around our sin instead of around God. If we choose sin, 
that's what our life is going to look like. We, our life is going to look like what we surround ourselves with, just like the story of the apple with the worm. It's going to be a deformed apple with lots of holes, and our actions will represent what is truly in our hearts. However, if we put God first, our actions, thoughts, and words will be more like God. This is not a battle that we can win under our own power due to our human condition. We can put on a, face, a good face and think that we appear to others that we are doing good while our world is falling apart, but we're really not doing well. We don't have what is required to fix it on our own. We are all dealing with our flesh and others, <clears throat> others are also do, dealing with their flesh, so it's not a surprise to them when, when they see what we're struggling with. The great news, though, is victory is sure with our faith in Jesus. We will be delivered from our sins. God's power is never-ending, and at no time is our struggle too big for him or too small for him to worry about. Under our own power, we, we cannot resist the indwelling sin nature. And if we do think we can, we're only fooling ourselves and setting ourselves up for failure. On our own, we are going to experience defeat and frustration. Um, when I was going through and, and uh, um, working on this, I realized that this is obviously a big problem. There's, there, is, there are a lot and a lot of songs that focus on the human condition and the struggles that we, we deal with on a, on a regular basis. Um, one of the groups that we uh, listen to when we go down, down south is a gospel group called the Kingdom Heirs, and they have a song that's called As Many Times. And a part of the song goes, um, we have a past we left behind. Every day we rise to battle the tempter's voice of past regrets. Recalling ways we lost the struggle, the promise we never kept, but there is hope. As many times as Satan points me to my sin, that is as many times as I will point him to the cross. You know, it's real easy for Satan to point us back. He's, he knows all of the sin, all of the, the things that we have struggled with in the past, so it's real easy for him to say, hey, you know, you used to do this. Hey, you used to, this is how, what you used to be like. And make us feel like we're not worthy. Um, the problem is sometimes we forget to point him back to the cross and say, it doesn't matter. God has forgiven me for that. That is, that is my past. I'm not living there anymore. <clears throat> we, we are all tempted and need to be ready to resist that temptation. And it's... Uh, if we, look, if we turn over to uh, Luke 4, verses 1 through 8, Jesus, while he was on earth, was, was even tempted. And he dealt with, with his temptation. Um, if we read Luke 4, verses 1 through 8, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, To you I will give all the authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I, will, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will be all yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall, 
shall you serve? He goes on, he's, he continues to, to tempt him, but the point is, every time Satan or the devil was tempting Jesus, he pointed him back to Scripture. He pointed him back and said, you're, you're telling me lies. And, and what, what you want me to do will lead to only temporary satisfactions. I know, I know from experience this is much harder than it sounds. When you're in the, heart, the heat of the moment or when you're dealing with it, it's a lot easier to, to fall and, and go back to the sin than to, to resist and to, to, uh, to turn to, to God. I mean, for me, um, for, for an example, this week, this week I was uh, working on, on the sermon and I, uh, I have a tendency to, to go to work early before anybody else is there and I go and I've got about a half an hour of quiet time in my office before anybody else shows up. Well, Thursday, Thursday I go to work and instead of sitting down in my office, I first go out and take a look on the floor to see what, what had taken place the night before. And... Uh, for some reason, everything that I saw, it, uh, it got me upset and got me more upset. And I just, I'm like, why did they do that? Why did they do that? And throughout the entire day, it just continued to build. And uh, I was, uh, I'd gotten to the point I was, I was very testy and, and uh, ready to snap at, at anything. And instead of, you know, taking that quiet time, returning to my office, taking some time to pray and to, to read, I decided in my mind, I'm not in the right state of mind to spend time <laughs> reading the scripture, which later when I thought about it was very foolish because that's when we need to spend time in the scripture. But, you know, we make up these excuses in our heads of why I can't, I can't do that right now. I'm not going to read because right now my, I'm not a, I don't have the right mindset to, uh, to do that. Um, so, you know, when, when we see ourselves getting getting led down a, a, a direction that is very uncomfortable or that we're, we're going a direction that we don't want, um, that's the time that we should spend time reading and, and praying. Um, if we look at uh, Romans chapter 8, verses, for, verses 3, um, For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of, of sinful flesh and for sin, he can condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous, righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. So you know, right there in verse 5, it's, it's talking about if we set our minds on the things of the flesh, that's how we're going to live. But if we set our minds on the spirit, if we spend spend our time thinking about God instead of thinking about the other, the other temptations that we may have, then we will, we will be going down a path that leads us, leads us to God. Um, you know, when we, when we look at Romans 8, it, it's easy to say, you know, being that we are so familiar with, with our failures, it's easy to say in our heart that God might, might be able to forgive others, but for me, he just can't, I can't see how he could forgive me. I've, I've done too, too much wrong. I've made too many mistakes, made too many poor choices. I can't really believe that God would be for me because God knows who I truly am. But that's why he, he does, he sent his son because he truly knows us. He knows that there is good in us, that we can 
overcome that with his help. He knows that on our own, you know, you can look back through the Old Testament to through all of the Bible, and you can see that when man tries to accomplish something on his own, it leads to failure. But with God's help, <clears throat> with God's help, we can overcome. You know, you look back at, at the children of Israel, and they, they'll be living for God, and then they, they fall, and they, they're, living, they're living the life that they want to live, and things get bad and bad and bad, and they, they're in captivity. And, and then somebody comes in and they leads them back to God. Things get good, and then they fall again. I mean, that's kind of how, how we, we live sometimes. You, we see the history of, of the Bible and we say, well, that, that was silly. Why, didn't, why couldn't they just continue to live like that? But then we look at our, our, daily, our daily life and say, you know, we're living towards God, and then we slip and we fall. It's, it's not as easy as it, as it says, but God is there for us. He, he never... He won't forsake us. He won't leave us. Um, you know, remember that Paul, who is writing this here, struggled with this also. He, he was writing this because he was struggling with, with that also. Um, he wrote Romans 8, but he also wrote Romans 7. And Paul, as, as a, a, a man, was Saul before he became Paul. He had persecuted the first generation of believers he had watched um, Stephen's execution in the shadows of where the cross once stood. Even as, Paul, even as Paul became a great church planner and a writer of letters that would soon take the New Testament, he battled the sinful urges of his own heart. You know, if God can forgive Paul, who persecuted Christians, who stoned and killed Christians um, beforehand, God is, can, can save any one of us um, Nothing is too, too um, difficult for God to accomplish. Paul knows how forgiving God can be based on his past and his life, and he was writing to encourage us that we, he struggled with the same things that we, we struggle with on a regular basis. And if God can forgive him, he will forgive us and our, for our past sins, and we shouldn't lose heart over that. God has guaranteed salvation for us, that if we believe in him, he will not forsake us. So, um, you know, when you look at, at chapter 8, chapter 7 is kind of disheartening that our, sinful, our sinfulness, we're going to struggle with it all the time, but it follows up with chapter 8 where it tells us that the Holy Spirit is there to help us. Um, in uh, In, in verse 6, it says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. To set the flesh, or to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. We will find true, true peace and true joy if we set our mind on what God would have us do. So. Let's, let's pray. Dear Father, we just, uh, we just thank you for, for sending uh, people like Paul to, uh, to share their experiences, to share your word with us that uh, we, we may know that we do not have to do it on our own, that you are always there to intercede for us and to, to help us um, in our struggles. We just, we just pray for our daily walk, that uh, we, we grow in you, that we 
um, always find the peace that you would have for us, that we can set our minds on, on you and not on our flesh, that we can turn to you when we are struggling with the temptations of our lives and, and know that you will help us through those times and that uh, our brothers and sisters are here to, to support us also. In Jesus' name, amen.